There's the time-space continuum. Then there's beyond the time-space continuum. Then there's Lincoln Heights, where golden-haired children, their eyes as blue as the Los Angeles sky, cavort on quiet streets paved with opportunity and jubilation. And it is from our humble 22-room stick East Lake, overlooking the lush rushes of the Los Angeles River, here in Lincoln Heights, do we bring you tonight's installment of this, our equally humble podcast-tutorial offering to you, our justifiably not humble, in fact, assertively proud, if not condonably, insolently egotistical listener, there in your own gracious drawing room, in your own niche, beyond your own time-space continuum. And so, thanking you, and thus without further ado, may we present Kim Cooper. May we and how. I wanted to share with you all a little story I found notable from the last couple of weeks of blogging. That would be uh, a little story called AKA Hydrochloric Hattie about a very bad neighbor. You know, I, I enjoyed writing this story because our neighbors have been so much better lately, but uh, the locals of Sautel out on Santa Monica Boulevard had a neighbor who was threatening to carve them all up with a knife. So they called the police. And the police went to the door and knocked because it was just a lady. Mm. So they knock. She goes to her store of hydrochloric acid and whips up a little bottle or two and puts them in a cooking bowl and answers the door and flings, flings, flings all over the copperoos. She had a bad aim, though. Threw like a girl. So oh. they were uh, not too badly injured, and they managed to tear gas her <laughs> in, in the midst of yes. whipping up another acid bomb yes. back in her bedroom. Apparently she had quite the store of uh, caustic substances. So they took her down to the psychopath ward. Just another day in Psychopath sounds like a date to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you might want to check the... Uh, you know, what the, the, would one do with such a large store of hydrochloric acid? I mean, besides... You never want to be caught without. I mean, no, you really don't. You can strip um, flesh from bone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there is that. There's that. But, I mean, does any practical household uses? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> Haven't you ever had rust stains? Really? Oh, yes, yes, mm. yes. But, you know, you have to wear very thick rubber gloves. Halloween mm -hmm. skips that one. <laughs> Probably for Good the best. Reason, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or glass gloves? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't we have that wonderful hydrochloric acid that's one of our sponsors? Oh, yeah. They uh, <clears throat> they heard last week's podcast. They, uh, they they dropped down. That's funny. Nobody heard last week's podcast. <laughs> Somehow they did. <laughs> it thoroughly. They're, yeah, they were the only ones. And they warned others <laughs> so that no one would hear last week's podcast. Mm. But don't worry, because even fewer people will, will hear this week's podcast. Well, that makes me feel but, much better. <laughs> but don't uh, don't don't tell the good folks at uh, <clears throat> Doctor Good Times Toy Town Emporium because they. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the good folks at. at uh, well, I, I managed to snag uh, a couple of advertisers. Uh, it's amazing week. how he does that. Working hard, I, yeah. You know, I think he uses I, a hook. <laughs> hydrochloric acid. <laughs> oh, I've got uh, I've got I've got hooks of, of all manner and and fashion. Well, okay, let go with it then. Well, this one was more of a snare. Well, okay. It was, uh, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a pit with the punchy steaks. But anyway, <laughs> you know, when I had to put the urine on it, anyway, it's a long story. It's not important. Yeah. And, uh, but they wrote the check, but they wrote the check and, uh, and they'll be very happy to have you come down to their emporium because they want to sell you these. 
So they recorded this spawn and it goes something like this. The war is over, the Hun has been vanquished, and we must turn our attention to the future. And the future, my friend, is our children. It is our duty to produce the most self-absorbed degeneration of post-war adolescents possible, and to do so we must indulge them mercilessly. Help establish the post-war infantocracy now by giving your children toys, toys, toys! Dr. Goodtime's Toy Town Emporium will help you cock or coddle and cosset your tot to absurd excess. We have every toy you'll need to keep modern and up-to-date for 1927. Your young insure will look humorous while wearing Mr. Funny Teeth's Funny Teeth, made from long-lasting 100% lead. And little Timmy will learn much about science as he views into his own body and the bodies of his playmates again and again and again with little Timmy's Rutkin Ray. And wee Bobby will thrill and marvel with newest figure of action, Explodo, packed with metal shavings for extra fun. And do we have BB guns? Of course not! Would you want your son seen with last year's folly? Today's modern child packs a modern toy, the 45 ACP, just like Daddy carried in the Great War, now in miniature. And don't forget to spoil your precious princess. We have lovely little kerosene stoves, kerosene hair dryers, kerosene hair brushes, kerosene and gasoline shoehorns, and of course most darling little stuffed miniature ponies. Powered by kerosene, gasoline, benzene, alcohols, naphtha, xylene, ethers, aldehydes. Why, we have it all at Dr. Goodtime's Toy Town Emporium. Think of the children! Dr. Goodtime's Toy Town Emporium, now in three locations Broadway and 7th, Broadway and 7th, and now conveniently located at Broadway and 7th. And what a perfect segue into a story about department store fun. Yay! Hooray! Children. Huzzah! Yay. The Cruel Miss Doe. Uh, yes. Oh. September 29th, 1927, 27. Los Angeles. A adorable tot, three-year-old <laughs> toddler, Betty Jane Wagner, was practically ripped from her mother's arms while they were on a shopping spree at their local department store. Should have gone to the Toy Town Emporium. Yes, they yes, should right. have. They would have only had to have faced... <laughs> Kerosene! Kerosene! And all manner of explosives and, uh, and shrapnel. Explosive. Yeah. But instead, the little girl was just snatched right out of the department store. A search ensued. She was found, but she'd been badly beaten. Mm. This is very sad, yes. But uh, but she but she was you know, otherwise okay. It's like a gift. It, it, it's what you find her, that's the good news. You find her alive. The bad news, scarred for life. Um, and the little girl, in her own words, said, A naughty old woman took me in and hurt me a lot. And she told the police that she'd been walking alongside her mommy, and boom, this, this woman just appeared from nowhere, snatched her, took her, smacked her around, beat her with a switch. And that's then like that a wicked witch. Very oh, horrible. Haven't woman. you ever wanted to hit someone else's children? <laughs> Pretty much all the well, time. Well, yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> But I wouldn't want to snatch them because you have to deal with them for oh, hours and screaming. So, um, anyway, Betty Jane's family was very glad to have her home. But I was curious about Miss Doe because this doesn't sound like the kind of behavior that would just suddenly come on you and you do it once and you'd think, okay, I'm so glad I got child beating out of my system. I think maybe I'll just give it up now. And yeah. there were a few cases. But you can't that beat time. just one. No, you, you really can't. You can't beat just one. And and I don't think Miss Doe could either because there were a few cases right around the same time, uh, same MO, everything, and then suddenly nothing. And no Miss Doe in the news, no, no reports of arrest, nothing for about two years. I looked ahead. 1929, there was a whole spate of these kinds of cases, children being abducted, having the snot beaten out of them, and then just <laughs> abandoned to their... Kleenex sales plumbing. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, they did. And then there you go. So I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is really very interesting. And then, and then she vanished. I looked way ahead. No more 
no more of this. Maybe you know. she moved. No, 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 no. What I figured, I thought, oh, Miss Doe. You really sounds... put yourself inside her. Didn't I did. You? I did. Yes, I did. Yes. I thought. And so did I. I was channeling. Oh wait a minute. That's another story. I was. <laughs> yeah, wow, was crime just... didn't do anything with that one. I was. I know. I was channeling. It was way too easy. Was, he likes to be and a little. So bit was more, I. I'm he sorry. likes to be Go a little on. bit more challenged. But I just thought, oh, Miss Doe. I bet she was a mental patient. This would explain her absence for two years. See? Uh huh, crime bonus. And brooding, so, waiting. Yes. And I thought, okay, how did they treat mental disease in the 1920s? Lo they and beat behold, the spirit out of them. Cages. No, that was for the kids. Oh, the adults, oh wait, that's my basement. <laughs> the adults, yeah, the ones who live. The, the adults they would take, and there was something called narcosis therapy, where they would just heavily dose the patient with barbiturates. And I'm not sure what the result was supposed to be. You're supposed to awaken and be cured, or I suppose it was just make you easier to manage, and they could stack a lot of you like cordwood in some horrible institution someplace and <laughs> oh, ignore you until you died. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Reminds yeah. me of the good times. Yeah. So I figured that's probably what happened to her, but no more stories, no more nothing. We'll never know if if Miss Doe is just some sad and pathetic mental patient. Or if she was pure evil. I prefer pure evil. Crimebo, don't you prefer pure evil? I can tell from your smile that you do. It's, it's much better than impure evil. It is. <laughs> because impure evil just gets stuck all the way down. <laughs> I, I like to mix my pure evil with barbiturates. Mm. So all you listeners out there, please send your barbiturates to 1947 Project. Care of me. And uh, we'll get right on. When you awaken. And any of you that have any uh, hallucinogenics that are lying around. <laughs> crime no crime. Crime no crime. All right, all right. Let's wrap it up here. Oh, dear. But, you know, not, not everybody goes shopping when they need something, do they, Mary? No, it's true. You don't have to go to a department store to furnish your home. And uh, our, Not anymore. No, this the subject of our next story is definitely not pure evil. In fact, he looked to be a fairly unextraordinary man. Fred von Falkenstein, you know, great name. He was a <laughs> former insurance broker from Montana, and he was engaged to marry a young woman who was also from Montana and was planning to move out to Alhambra and, uh, and join him. So in preparation for her, he um, got a little love nest ready for them. And he furnished the house with over $60,000 in stolen goods. What he would do, he had a pretty good scheme. He would go to open houses, posing as potential buyer, for the house, and he would case the joint, come back later that night, knowing no one was home, and just take, just cherry pick the best things in the house. So his house, when it was finally raided, they found oriental rugs and some silver and a radio cabinet, and a French salon painting valued at over $5,000, which he got in a little bit different way. He had gone into the ambassador, the gallery at the ambassador hotel, looked around, went up to the painting, Cut it out of the frame, rolled it up, and walked out. And no one said a word. Ingenious. Yes. And so romantic. It really is. is. It is. I like to, that would actually be a really fun crime to pull off. Oh, yeah. 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 And he had a a uh, well-feathered love nest. It was. Perhaps a little too well-feathered, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. He got caught because there was an attentive real estate agent looking on who just found Von Falkenstein a little bit. (laughs) Sounds like a 80s band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with like feathered hair. Umlauts. And, yeah. 
Yes. yes. Lipstick. <laughs> Lipstick. Eyeliner. Yeah. But um, he just thought he was a little suspicious, wrote down his license plate, and when the house was later burgled, he called the police and said, you know, there's this guy you might want to look at. And he was sentenced to uh, two terms of one to 15 years at San Quentin. So kind of steep, but people got really, you know, incensed about the art thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Falkenstein! <laughs> Shredding. I better word from another sponsor to take the taste of Von Falkenstein out of our mouths. Yeah. Falkenstein. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, this time I'd actually like to actually brought uh, someone live in the uh, in the studio tonight. Well, well, let her rip. Introduce you all to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hubert uh, Pemberbottom. Would you? Mr. Pepperbottom, pleasure. Pleasure. Hello. Very nice to see you. No pretty ladies and clown. (laughs) I'm not scared of you. You should be. Mr. Clown. Oh, clown. I speak into this? Yes, speak right right up, right here. (laughs) No to hit. Talk. God, where does that smell? (laughs) Oh. Oh, sorry, old lady smell. Sorry. This is Hubert Pemberbottom of the Los Angeles Improvement Improvement Society. Do you realize the New Yorkers of New York have constructed a tunnel linking them to Holland? We cannot let the upstarts upstart us. It is our civic duty to begin digging a tunnel to Japan. Or Nevada at the very least. Have you heard the communists of the Communist Party have expelled Leon Trotsky? We should expel two of ours for every one of theirs, I say. Mayor Cryer, Chief Davis, start packing! And the police have killed 85 in Austria! Are we going to allow these schnitzel gobblers to show up our boys in blue? Get cracking and cease your leg about, layabouts! Why, in China, 200,000 are dead from the quaking of Earth! And here, nothing! Los Angeles will never be known for its quaking of Earth! Los Angeles will never be known for anything! Unless you join with those of us in the Los Angeles Improvement Improvement Society to fulfill our destiny to construct an escalator to heaven. An es- Thank you. Escalator to heaven? An escalator to heaven! Very good. What will that cost, sir? Damn the cost, woman! <laughs> Very good. All right, everyone, send your pennies to us. And now! Of your souls! <laughs> For Thank you. Escalator to heaven. Nice to meet you. That was just so like the letters we get from prison at the library. <laughs> we should have an exhibit. I gotta read some of these. Maybe Hubert's been. Oh god, he was falling asleep. Again. It's better. Let him rest. He's on, yeah. he's on the narcosis he was ex- uh, therapy. He's exhausted. What, what, what's in the calendar for 1927, Miss Mary? Oh yes. Deep yes, breath, yes. Dara. Deep breath. <gasps> yes. Cleansing breath. What's next? Is it legal to read like? Those letters? Can you bring them in, or is it? Does that uh, actually we, we other aren't people's going mail? To talk about that now. Okay, we won't. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, this week in the the City of Angels on the screen, uh, the fine film featuring two alums from the jazz singer, the flapper comedy Slightly Used is now playing <laughs> at West Coast Boulevard. Oh, yeah. Slightly yeah. Used. <laughs> Let it go, crime book. All right, all right. Because, you know, there are a lot more uses I could get out of that. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All right, all right. May McAvoy stars as the oldest of three sisters whose spinsterish, uh, spinsterish inclinations are preventing her siblings from 
What did I say? Spinsterish. 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 She's spinsterish inclinations. Yes, spinsterish Ooh. inclinations. Preventing her siblings from tying the knot with their sweethearts. So to solve the problem, they she kill her. She's been <laughs> close. Dead. She invents a husband for herself and kills him. Oh. Oh. Yes. Complications ensue. Wait, invents a, like she builds a robot. I know. You can't I, kill a robot. I think she invents him in her mind. Oh. Ooh. And then she tells everyone. So he's she kills dead. off a part of herself in her yeah. psyche. We've been through this one before with Beth Short. Yes, this is very <laughs> yeah, twisted. Right. Yes. But the two sisters are played by recent graduates of the Los Angeles school system. Um, longtime buddies, Sally Eilers of Fairfax High and Audrey Ferris of Hollywood High. Oh, yeah, she's good. Yes. Well, Audrey's turn as a chorus girl, and the jazz singer earned her quite a bit of attention and notices were slightly used. Um, they called her Warner Brothers' own Clara Bow. <gasps> mm. Ironically, Talkie was not her friend. By 1933, mm-hmm. Ferris was working as a secretary in the office of the Los Angeles District Attorney. Well, that sounds like fun, too. Yeah. I think it could be. She'd be the prettiest girl in the office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the worst boy. <laughs> the worst boy. <laughs> I'm pretty lady. Oh, she was! <laughs> I was! I told you. Oh. I was <laughs> That cupid bow of lips and that oh. glass. <laughs> I just wanted brothers clear bow. Just oh. losing it with a bad voice. <laughs> And she can keep it. (laughs) You keep that it to yourselves. But on the stage, uh, a play I just had to learn more about after reading the title, Salt Chunk Mary. Oh. (laughs) Yes, dear. Salt Mm. Chunk Mary. Um, It's written by, well, it gets more interesting. It's written by Jack Black, who's an ex-con, highwayman, safe blower. Great favorite of William S. Burroughs. Spent more than half his life behind bars. And uh, Black claims that all the characters in this play were based on figures he knew during his years as a criminal or as a prisoner. And uh, the story goes, the title character runs a safe house for thieves out of her hotel and saloon in Pocatello, Idaho. And she gets her name from a pot of baked beans with a lump of salt pork in it that's constantly simmering on her stove so she can feed <laughs> oh. the fugitives. Hey, here's a bean and, uh, from 1902! <laughs> <laughs> and that's her salt, mm. so she's Salt Chunk Mary. Yes, but of course she has a heart of gold. Um. And she meets a young man and she makes him promise that he's going to go straight. And it turns out the last minute, it's actually her son, and she takes a bullet for him. And this oh, never happened in Jack Black's life. That's the biggest <laughs> blow to malarkey I've ever oh, heard. I'm all up. I'm tearing oh. up. The Times <laughs> critics say that while Black certainly knows the underworld and its lingo, his grasp of stagecraft is a bit more tenuous. Mm. I'm going to go see it. It sounds like a hoot. Does. And does everybody get beans at the intermission? <clears throat> That'd be a great promotion. Where's it? That, that's at the Egan? The Egan. Pico and Figueroa? Pico and Figueroa? Let's revive it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ooh. Pico and Figueroa? Yeah. Pico <laughs> What's happening in 2007? Oh, well, everyone who was anyone will be greeting members of the Art Deco Society as they lead their celebrated tour of one of Hollywood's old Hollywood's most sought-after afterworld addresses. This gorgeous old site is the final resting place for the pantheon of uh, performers, including Rudolph Valentino, Douglas Fairbanks, Maureen Davies, C.B. DeMille, and other high-flying Angelinos. Tours start at 11 a.m. and run every half hour, with the last tour leaving at 1 p.m. Advanced reservations are requested only for groups of 10 or more, and individuals and smaller groups are encouraged to show up at the cemetery to uh, join the first available tour. Yeah, I'll, I'll just come along with the people who have no friends. I think that's a good <laughs> just That sounds so lonely and sad. The tour lasts approximately an, uh, about one and a half hours. Comfortable walking shoes, uh, suitable 
And let's see. Occasionally, because the grass is occasionally uneven, you don't want to trip and fall. When the uh, necklace of garlic. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're yeah. going to want to bring a rolling shotgun uh, for the zombies. Yeah. Well, the grass is uneven, of course, because what happens is the caskets will actually they'll actually come up. The, well, I'm going to be at one of the grave sites. I'm not sure if I'm going to be telling the sad tale of Fatty Arbuckle Ooh. or one of the he other. Took the Are you going to be he acting really out? Yeah, he sure did. No, no. I'm sorry. Did I just? Been there, done that. Oh. <laughs> no Coke bottles. Um, no Coke bottles ever. <laughs> no Coke, Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi. Uh, 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 you guys. <laughs> so that, so anyway. So, so that's, that's a... Yeah, look for me. I'll be at one October of the grave 13th. sites. Yes, I'm not sure which one, but I'll be the, the redhead. There. Okay. What else? What else? Oh, Wooly Worm Festival in Banner Elk, North that's Carolina, mm-hmm. October 20 through 21st annual festival when residents race woolly bear caterpillars, which I've never heard of, up a three-foot string to find the fastest one to be used as the official weather worm. Yeah. Say it, it's fun. Weather worm! Weather worm! The three striped critters are, oh my god, are thought to represent the 13 weeks of winter. 13 stripes. Oh, 13! Oh, oh, These oh. are very elaborate. Oh, these are, oh fellows, my gosh, yeah. they are. Thirteen striped critters are thought to represent the thirteen weeks of winter. Thought to, obviously. Yes, the darker, the colder, or something like that. And this year, 20,000 people who have nothing to do. That's 20 million. Oh, my God. 20 million people are expected. 20 million people with nothing to do are expected to watch 1,000 caterpillars with nothing to do race for the $1,000 first prize and the great honor of being official weather worm. What happens though after the you you become a weather worm. butterfly? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like that. I have a weather worm. <laughs> Put it away. Yeah, currently it's real cold Yeah, of a weather worm. It's quite cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll know when it's. Ah, I have to steal the joke from my bowels. <laughs> <laughs> that is that smell, isn't it? And then, of course, those nuts from Esoteric are on the bus again. October 20th, The Real Black Dahlia. <laughs> oh, that, that old chestnut. Where Wait. the action was. New right. rock and roll history tour, Hollywood and West Hollywood, Sunset Strip. That's going to be pretty rock. The Mystery yeah. of Bobby Fuller. Oh, uh, October scary. 27th, Haunts of a Dirty Old Man. No, it's not a Halloween door. It's Charles Bukowski. Hey. And lots of beer. That and, is uh, scary anyway. October 28th. You smelled the guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> now? <laughs> October 28th, Crimebo's leading another Halloween Horrors Tour. Oh, yeah. No yeah, kids allowed. It's going to be really scary. It's be grimy. So, uh, WWWS. Wear plastic. It's going to be greasy. BYOBB, bring your own barf bag, and that's uh, www.esoturic.com for more info. Assuming you want to get on the bus with the clown. Oh, yeah. You know you want to. <laughs> hey, clown, I think some people sent some questions for you. Do yeah, you this seems them? to be a pretty big week. Uh, people are troubled, have big goddamn mouths, and have a lot of time to sit around on the computer typing, but... Well, it's nice to know that you all want my opinion. And since I have to pick just two or three, I kind of pulled out some of the choice ones this week. Well, let's see. I have a friend who wants to know, for research purposes only, how one would go about finding a hitman in this town. Uh, David Markland writes. Well, that's really easy. It's just ihitman.org. Really simple. Just go to ihitman.org. You'll find someone in your area. And uh, 
if you get uh, two or three in a bidding war, I'm sure you could knock it down. Hmm. All right. Well, here's from... Uh, oh, Should I have the misfortune to be arrested and taken to jail, there are certain implements I would prefer... Are there certain implements I would prefer to have stowed on my person more than others? Money, a ship, SIGs, etc. Given the limited storage available, just in case of such an eventuality, and that the storage would have to remain a secret during a, during a search by the coppers, what items would you recommend as most crucial? Sincerely, awaiting your valued recommendations, Lucas Gonza. Well, I actually have thought about this quite a bit over the years. And, well, my choice is the Leatherman. It cuts, saws, crimps, and stabs. It's the Ultra Shiv with multiple tooling. It even has a fold-out measuring device, so endless hours of fun can be had with fellow cellmates. Make sure to stuff with Hershey Squirt as to reduce the, <laughs> reduce the success of treasure hunting. Now, yes. what? What? <laughs> Limited storage ability. I can make a face. So, all right, you know. Now, here's a big one. This guy writes... There's this girl at work who's upset that I never ask her out for lunch or stop by her desk to talk, even though I have made an effort in the past to be her friend in the kitchen area, etc., where it's easier to have a casual conversation with people. By the way, I do go out to lunch with other people, but it's just, well, I feel like they're more enjoyable to spend time with. I noticed she was purposely avoiding me, so I finally stopped by her desk to see how she was doing. This goes on. <laughs> and she got pissed at me again for not doing stuff with her. Does this person know who Crimebo is? <laughs> then, the part where had a major temper tantrum and stormed off. I don't really know her, so I think this is really weird behavior. You think? <laughs> I don't like to be guilted into doing things with people. I basically just want to avoid her at work now. <laughs> How should I handle her if she tries to start an argument with me again about not doing things with her? Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> Yours in distress, worker bee. All right. I've actually thought about this one quite a bit, too, because we've all had that difficult person in our lives. So this sounds like... This is one of those women who have ten cats, prefer needlework to masterworks, and only prefer relationships as long as the other person doesn't have any friends of their own. Am I right? I'm right. So, this is what you say. You march over to her desk and you say, Hi, I know you're upset about my, you know, uninterest in hanging out with you, but I don't really know you. And from your actions, I don't think I want to. I don't owe you anything. I don't need your drama. I have enough of it in my own life to deal with. If you want to go to lunch sometime, it has to be with other people. End of story. Walk away. Maybe a dead rose might handle something, <laughs> you know. Or maybe even a soiled piece of undergarment. But... 
That's my suggestion, and I hope you keep to it. Crime boat, are, are you feeling sick? Oh, God, I've... T- we're was, not... Uh, that yes. was, like, actually kind of good advice. <laughs> well, I have been known to pull out a choice jewel or two from the cesspool. <laughs> a soiled Kisling. piece of undergarment, always appropriate. Yeah, always. Any that, that always maybe, maybe a leatherman. <laughs> hey, it depends where, from where you are. And you know, yeah. the new Leathermen. Oh, God. <laughs> They're not sponsoring, so we don't need to go into that. Well, no, I was just going to say the new Leathermen comes with its own little carry around patch that happens to be brown. Ooh. Aww. Mm. Nice. That's very thoughtful. Now, send us a check. <laughs> okay, listeners, as you see, Crimebo really can solve your problems. So, there's no excuse. Write to Crimebo today at. Oh, I don't know. Esoturic.com, hit the contact link, or 1947project.com. Either way, those both get to Crimebo. Because... Uh, the clown knows! The clown knows. <laughs> and I know it's almost time to say goodbye. Nathan? Is it that time? It's that time. Well, kids, it's that time, so... I don't know. Bye. It's just <laughs> time <laughs> to say goodbye to the Esoturic family. Meet again. We'll meet again. Yeah. Right, cut it. Hell. No, I'm just gonna let you guys keep going. So, what are you gonna be for Halloween, Crambo? Well, um, there's this little place I like to go to that uh, kids go trick or treating, and uh, parents mm-hmm. love to dress up. And well, <laughs> uh, let's just say Crambo has a lot of fun. <laughs> How about you, Mary? I don't know. I was thinking something Greek. Oh, maybe Oedipus. Ooh. You know, that was, I was thinking that too. I could have yeah, Greek. eyeballs in Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And little Nathan, how about you? Marion Parker. Oh. Can I sew your eyes open for you? Would you? Well, gee, then I'll, let me be the fox and we can go out together. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Well, that's just it. Is, is I need <laughs> my Eric Hickman. Let me be your fox. Be my fox. We'll go to Elysian Park. It'll be good. It'll be sweet. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm then so, really someone else has on. to come. It's like you know, I need I need four other people. Yeah. Because I had to have someone be this arm, someone be that arm, someone be this like someone be that. Like. Well, sure. You know, it's like sometimes people get together and they're the village people. Exactly. So I'll need you know four. We'll, we'll be park. a will be you know mutilated twelve year old girl. You, you'll be you know Ayn Rand, and then you can walk around being all like <laughs> dreamy eyed over again. <laughs> And these are jokes that only a handful of people would actually get. And yet they're listening. <laughs> and yet they're listening they right now. But thank you, always, for joining us here at the 1947 Project Podcastatorium. That's right. We have cookies, so we must go. Ooh, cookies. Yeah. Catch you in a couple of weeks. Let's not be strangers. You can't have any of them. I already licked them. <laughs> You're so mm, mean. Tasty <laughs>